welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, and we are continuing our interview with Mike Neiman this week in our discussion of finding Christ in a religious world and how his radical salvation happened. Mike, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you know, you left us a little suspense last time about this whole minefield thing, and and then I asked your wife at the end, and, and she tells me that you actually did that. You walked across a minefield. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It was the shortest way to get from point A to point B. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, so I was in three wars while I was in the military, and uh, one of the wars that took me over to the former Yugoslavia. So while they were in the middle of their war, they had a, a minefield that was marked, and all of our camps were around it. We were around the UN at the time. So we had the Swedish, the Russians, everybody, man. Everybody was there. It was really fun. And... <laughs> In order to get from the Swedish camp, the Swedish bar, if you will, I helped the Swedish build their bar. So I had free alcohol. Okay. Right? So, you know, I had to go there. And it was a long way to walk the road. Mm. So the, in, in the wintertime and stuff like that, it starts getting colder. So basically one time we decided, hey, you know, instead of going three miles, let's cut across the minefield. Mm. So I was like, that is probably the most brilliant thing anybody said all night. <laughs> So we I did. think your wife disagrees. She's, she's here and she's nodding her head. <laughs> well, didn't you say, too, that part of your motivation, there was a part of you that was pursuing death? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, because it was one of those things that I, I, was in, I was in the military and didn't know what I was going to do afterwards, right? Mm. So you come in for four to six years and then you leave, right? Um, I didn't leave. I stayed in because I got to go different places and I, I kind of liked that. And I was able to continue my drinking and and and, and stay employed, if you will. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So it was, it was probably better than trying to employ myself and continue that that way of life. So I stayed and and did a lot of drinking, but I didn't know what I was going to do when I left. Mm. And. I'd sit there, and I was a I was that guy that loved his older music and stuff like that. So 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, I was always listening to it. Janis Joplin, one of my favorites, you know, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix, and of course Jim Morrison and The Doors were just they were always on. And I read their life stories and whatnot. And Jim mm-hmm. Morrison, you know, they all died, and I'm like that, now that checking out early like that. You don't have to. You don't have to do any type of, um, mm. uh, what do you want to call it, family and and all this other stuff that, that uh, they call it a legacy now. My legacy was checking out early. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> he checked out early. Well, it's interesting, you know, because I think when we live without a purpose, without really knowing who we are in Christ, then it seems pointless, too, you know? And I think to, to now that you know who you are, and it's interesting to me that music was something that uh, you were interested in because it was music that God had playing through your brain at your moment of salvation, you know, amazing grace. Well, you know, the scripture for this episode is taken from Romans 1, 18 through 21. It says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, 
They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So when I when I hear that scripture, this is one of those that I've come to many times because I think so often people can think, you know, well, this is just what I believe and they just don't think there's any um, ramifications for that. And, and it seems almost probably cruel to people when they look at this. The wrath of God is being revealed against people because they're suppressing the truth. What do you think about that scripture? Yeah, this, that there probably rings for me about the way I lived the life that I lived because everybody searches for meaning, mm-hmm. right? So everybody puts their... Uh, their highest hopes in something, and they need that meaning. They need to be recognized. For some reason, that's the way we're built. Mm. So here, here you are. What are you going to do to search for this meaning, for this reason, for your existence? And, and that there is doing whatever you want to get recognized by the people to get your 15 minutes of fame. That's what they do today. You mm. see it on the news. Uh, I tell everybody that the, the news shows you usually the lowest common denominator. <laughs> so you yeah. in, in, in studies they had done um, where groups can go in together and the group becomes uh, the lowest common denominator. So if I go in there and never doing anything, like I've never broke a window and robbed a store, if I get in a group that does that, I'm going to do that, specifically going to do it if I don't get caught, mm. right? So if there's no fear of getting caught for doing it, there's no no retribution, if you will, everybody's going to do whatever they want. And, yeah. and today, yeah, well, today they call it freedom, but uh, I think it's called chaos. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. So the past two weeks on this podcast, I laid the groundwork for finding faith, not religion, and the role that truth and grace play in finding Christ. Now, we know that evidence of God is all around us, yet real faith can be elusive because of so many roadblocks in the way. And I want to talk about some of those today. Romans 2, 14-15 also underscores this fact that even though we can try to disprove the truth of God's existence and His righteous laws, deep down we know it is true. It says in verse 14, Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know His law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts. For their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. It seems to me that many atheists or those who don't believe in Christ say they don't believe in anything, yet they believe that they don't believe in anything, right? Yes, they believe in something. (laughs) They say that they can only believe things they can prove, and yet the things they believe in cannot be proven either. Mike, was your salvation due in part to you trying to find truth and what proof convinced you yeah i um, never really went too far on the whole evolution thing because the the world didn't behave like it evolved Mm. specifically (laughs) humans Uh, if if humans were supposed to be evolutionary creatures then it should be a lot more of what we would call evil wow right Mm -hmm. so there should be just uh, only the strong survive Mm. So if you're if you're protecting the weak, then you're you're ruining evolution. So that was be, wow. you know I'd still stick with that argument when I when I was talking with with anybody as an atheist. With this whole evolution thing doesn't all add up. Mm. So even more you know today, but the um, 
trying to find that truth. The, the, I said the only proof that would convince me is if I met God. <laughs> wow. Right? That's like Thomas, right? <laughs> yeah. But it, it is, it's kind of funny because you don't want to meet God. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, it, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the p- most painless thing in the, on, on earth to do. Mm. So there, there's better ways to do it to um, what the Bible says, come to your senses. The, 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 whole, the whole of it all is that it is out there if you choose to see it. Mm. So a lot of us say, hey, I don't choose to see it. It's there. I'm not really going to think about it. Right? So if I don't have to think about it, and then I can do whatever I want. Mm. I, can be, I can be my own boss because I'm not going to think about it. And I'm going to live life the way I want. It's like um, uh, my brother would do... Uh, my, I talked to him about the... Uh, he lives up in the mountains, and we have guardrails, right? And I said, do the guardrails stop you from driving and having fun on that road? No. I said, well, the word of God is a guardrail for mm. for us, you know? Yes. So it's not stopping you from living. It's just keeping you safe, basically. There are boundaries. You go beyond the boundaries, mm. everything's going to get messed up. And it, like for me, I've read a lot of history, and you see the, the, the same things happen in the day that's happened thousands yeah. of years ago, whatever. They're being replayed. And everybody said they think it's all new. So this searching for truth has always been mm. something I do because I, I want to know this human nature, why it's always happening like that. Uh, well, human nature, hello. That's yeah. why it's happening like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> well, Ecclesiastes, it says somewhere in there that there's nothing new underneath the sun. No, there's not. I tell everybody that the only new under the sun today is technology that we have, and it's separating people even more than this. I mean, it's supposed to bring you together and make your life easier, but it's not, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I work technology. Mm-hmm. And it, yes, it has its benefits, but mostly it's destroying us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, another verse to think of is that the creation is subject to frustration because there is nothing new underneath the sun. And there's this grasping and this striving. And like you said, really to be our own God, because we can choose because we just read a scripture. It says it is evident to us that there's a God. We have a conscience. We have an understanding when we're doing right and wrong. But there's this frustration as we're trying to be our own God, really rebel against God. We lose it. A sense of wonder. Mm. And I said before that if I had a sense of wonder, if I took a, a four-year-old kid to the zoo, there is this sense of wonder. They're going to be amazed by it. When I take that same kid at 14 to the zoo, there's no more sense of wonder. Mm. So the, the the whole sense of wonder where people are is being drowned out in right now in electronics. So the, the electronic devices have become God for a majority of the people. Yes. And and everybody's stuck on these uh, uh, memes and 140 characters or less to, in order to prove a point. And there's no real communication, and that has been dropped also. So when people are trying to seek this truth anymore, it becomes infinitely more difficult is when the people slide down the roads of electronics and only paying attention to 140 characters or less. Or a meme. Yeah. Well, it's like there's been this numbing, dumbing down. But how do we get that sense of wonder back? That, for me, is one of the as one of those things that happened to me when I was in the uh, in the in the arms of Christ. You know, the 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 sense that there is more, yes. and and this 
more if we understand what Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that that just it's a it's a way to transform from the inside. Mm-hmm. Humans, the only way that they can do anything is make you conform. And Christ doesn't want you to conform. He wants to transform you, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, if you're living religion, that's conform. You have to conform or get out. It's us against them. Okay. I'm, I'm good, you're not. And then you have me, as I was before, saying, no, you're, 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 <laughs> you're, the, you're what's wrong with the world, right? And I'm not. So uh, the, the whole thing is, is we're, we're all making that big old other. Yeah. And excluding. Mm-hmm. So when people always talk about how they're inclusive, I laugh because they're so exclusive it isn't funny. Yeah. And, but they think they're inclusive and they don't know because mm-hmm. they don't know the truth. So the, the, the big thing about, you know, getting out of religion is that inclu- that inclusive and to be inclusive and Christianity being the most inclusive of all of the if you're going to go down the road of religions or relationships if you will. But when I look at the different religions, Christianity is the most inclusive right? of all of them. You know, in that scripture for the day taken from Romans 1, if we continue reading, it actually talks about they worship the creation rather than the creator. Correct. And that's ultimately why people lose that sense of wonder, because there's only so much joy you can get out of worshiping the creation. Right. Our hope is Christ. And, you know, and what the hope we have, <laughs> everything on this earth pales. <laughs> that's what's really funny because when this is a Luke 15 thing too by the way I'm stuck <laughs> on Luke 15 so read it look it up so the, both the, uh, the 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 prodigal of the the parable of the prodigal right mm-hmm. so there's two there's a younger brother and older brother they're both lost completely and utterly lost mm. and they both want the father's stuff they don't yeah. care about the father so we do the same thing every day so good. right we want yeah. the father's stuff and and we want it the way we want it. Mm-hmm. So give me my stuff, let me go do it, and I go blow up my life with it. You know. Yeah. So pretty soon, if you come to your senses, there yeah. he is. He's waiting for you. And mm-hmm. and the, the the thing is, we all do it to an extent because everybody worships something, and if it isn't God, it's going to demand that you die for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. There are so many things that keep people from coming to Christ. And intellect can keep atheists and agnostics and anybody else who's believing in other religions from believing in Christ. For instance, skeptics doubt the creation of the world, which is verified both in God's Word and scientifically, but accept the theory of evolution even though it is just a theory. You know, when my children were growing up, I was very intentional about truth and chose not to celebrate anything from our culture that was not true. I had read a testimony of an atheist that had a profound effect on me. He said he could not believe in Christ because of so many other lies that had been told to him. How could he believe the story of salvation or creation of the earth from the same people who had told him about the Easter bunny, Santa, which if you switch the letters around spells another name, (laughs) or fairy tales? And I, I wanted my children to know that what I told them was true, and that how I lived matched up with that truth. So I never made up things or did the tooth fairy. This is something they have come to me again and again over the years. Mom, we know what you told us is the truth. 
They have deep walks with God now, and when they have had their doubts, my hope is that they will have the foundation of truth and faith laid for them that will be an anchor that they can come back to. Mike, what what do you think? Is we've been talking a little bit about this, you know, skepticism. But what do you think led to your skepticism? Was it lies in the culture told to you, or yeah, it was Christians. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's two reasons that, that like I say, there there are two reasons that people are not Christian. One is that they haven't met a Christian. The other, one, they have met a Christian. Mm. So I'd, I'd met plenty of them, and and. They always sentenced me to this place called hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're going to hell. There's a damper oh, on the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> like, who made you God? <laughs> yeah, so that that was my skepticism was a, a lot of the stuff that was going around, you know, in, in the different places that I'd hang out, specifically when I was uh, drinking all the time at the establishments and stuff like that. The people who claim to be Christians in the same establishment doing things that I wouldn't do. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, so if there is, then, you know, you're not living up to it. Mm. <laughs> or you're just trying to make everybody else listen to you to conform to what you say or, you know, separate. Yeah. So I call, like... um you see in the Bible with the Pharisees and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you can say you're a Christian, but act like a Pharisee. You're not a Christian. You're a Pharisee. Yeah. So you got to make up your mind. You got to choose whether you're going to be a Christian mm-hmm. or be a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's up to you, you know. But if you're a Pharisee or along that line, saying, "Hey, this is a hard line. <laughs> this is where truth is, or get out," mm-hmm. then bingo. That that Pharisaical behavior there is going to take you outside the realm of what I call Christianity. So, yeah. Well, I'm just glad you didn't meet me back in 1988 when I was a new Christian. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I think about what Christ has done in the past 30-something years now. But I, uh, I remember even talking to a, a young Jewish man who said to me, well, I was chosen, so I know I'm secure, right? Yeah. And I said, you got to be twice chosen. <laughs> you got to choose Christ. And he said, no, I'm fine. And I, I basically flatly told him, you're going to hell. <laughs> Unless you accept Christ. So, yeah, yeah. The Lord had a little smoothing to do. I was so thankful for his mercy. He's like, hey, get out of that throne, man. Let me take it for a second. I got something to do here. Yeah. I think also people doubt the existence of God because of the presence of troubles and pain. Mike, since your accident, you've had to live with immense suffering. And yet no one around you would necessarily know this. And your faith and passion for Christ are a witness to all. How have you dealt with pain in regard to your faith? I do a lot of fighting with Jesus. <laughs> Wrestling like <laughs> yeah, Jacob. If you, if you will, because, uh, you know, he's a big, big, big dude. He can take anything that I dish mm-hmm. out, right? So the, um, the, the big thing is, you know, there's a long time for me to come around to it hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And it just hurt. Yeah. And I would the, the first time that it was really, really, really bad is I was going to a, um, a physical therapy appointment and I popped a couple pills and and took off to prepare for the pain. Mm-hmm. So I had my opioids and was ready for the pain that would, that this physical therapy was going to do. And on the way there, I was sick and it hurt more and just. It, and I had to go do some more pain, and I was sitting there just wrecked, if you will. Didn't wreck my car, but I was wrecked. I shouldn't have been driving. And I started crying. And I was like, hey, man, if this is what you saved me for, 
then take me out. I don't mm. want any more of it. Just take me out. And at that moment, half the pain left, right? Wow. And, and <laughs> I know you're not supposed to do ultimatums, but I, I really didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think he knew that. So I that day turned the radio station over to a Christian radio station. I don't think I ever turned back, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeremy Camp was on. That was a good song, too. Talking about there will be a day, no more yes. pain, you know. Yes. And I'm like, come on, really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yes. yeah that, was, uh, that was quite interesting. I went to the uh, physical therapy, and they looked at me. It's like, hey, man, are, are you all right? You look wrecked yeah <laughs> i am wrecked <laughs> in a good way though. Yeah, yeah 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 it was probably one of the best days because after that it was you know things with half the pain gone it still wasn't completely mm-hmm. gone it's still you know it irritates i tell everybody it's, it's a it's assigned to carry a hot cup of coffee right you cannot put it down and you cannot spill it mm. <laughs> <laughs> try that one day try it <laughs> keep it hot don't put it down <laughs> Well, I think a lot of times people want this to be heaven. Yeah. It's not heaven. Nope. You know, hey guys, if you're listening today, just letting you know, this is not heaven, okay? I'm sorry to break it to you. So when we have suffering, you know, people get mad at God. And I remember, you know, kind of like your story, uh, living in Pennsylvania and I really had fibromyalgia bad. And that's, a, that's such a great thing because people always tell you fibromyalgia is the invisible disease. Mm. You look good. You're fine. And meanwhile, I'm so racked in pain, I couldn't hardly move. And I was sitting at a small group, and I had been crying out to God, Lord, please heal me. And it felt like God was silent. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there at the small group, and this whisper to my soul, ask me to heal you. I'm like, I've been asking for a few years. <laughs> I was thinking, but this time it was him initiating. It was, ask me. And take a step. Will you put your foot in the water? Will you take a step out? And so I said, hey, God wants to heal me here tonight. Will you guys lay hands on me and pray for me? I believe he's going to take away all the muscular pain that's been too difficult for me. That moment. That moment. Love it. Transformation. Now, now, what was put in my heart, and some people may not agree with this, but this is what that, that still small voice told me was, I'm leaving a remnant to humble you. Because I needed that. <laughs> that. That thing that I didn't want, but he took away what was too difficult for me. And it was this sense of, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. And, and a lot of my life I spent worrying about suffering. God, I don't want to go through that. Ooh, oh, don't let me go through that. And then I would go through that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God, wait, we made this deal, okay? <laughs> and I realized how foolish I am. But I'm imagining those things apart from His grace because His grace is enough. And it's at that place of suffering that I go deeper, that I say, Oh, God, I can't bear this, but you can. Help me to bear it. Yeah, because without it, I wouldn't be, mm. you know, anywhere like I am now. I'd probably been right back to where I was. <laughs> if you yeah. if you, if you want to know the truth, if it, if it wasn't there, if it wasn't always lingering, that, that I have this proud thing on me that just, you know, mm-hmm. it's always there. That Everybody has it. And uh, whenever it feels good, yeah. yeah. So whenever it's hurt, you know, it gets crushed and stuff like that. So the, the, the whole thing there, my grace is sufficient, is stuck with me for a long time. Yes. Because I get in different things we were... 
I was going, I was going through some uh, problems in my back because I have uh, my C six seven are messed up, and I got nerves that are firing mm. on the on the right side. So my after a while, it got really bad. I couldn't breathe. You know, it just hurt to breathe, and the right side of my back, all the muscles were so hard over there, just like rocks. Mm. So they tried physical therapy and it wasn't working. So they did physical therapy called dry needling. So we stick needles in my back and put electricity up against it and make my muscles bounce. That wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I was basically bending their needles, right? And at the time, uh, we were doing the homeless shelter as the heating shelter. And they had a couple pastors there. And I was miserable. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I, it was my worst time ever. And I was going through all this physical therapy and getting stuck with needles. And it wasn't pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Just, it wasn't. No. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys said, you know, saw me. They're like, are you all right? I said, no, man, this is really, mm-hmm. it's really, really bad. So they prayed, right? And while they were praying, there's a, somebody had their hand on my back and there's this warm sensation, mm-hmm. right? That, and I went home and I had to have my wife help me take my shirt off because I couldn't do it. And I told her, I said, I don't know if I'll even be walking tomorrow. Wow. It's just really bad. I woke up the next day like nothing was wrong. Wow. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I went back to the physical therapist. I was like, reevaluate me. He's like, oh, man, what happened? I said, they prayed over me, man. Look at that. Check it out. Oh, there must have been something else. I said, no, no, you have no idea. I said, it got so bad that I had to have my wife take off my shirt. I said, mm-hmm. it wasn't getting better. And and he refused to believe it, but it was it was kind of funny because I was, I was dead on when I said, they prayed over me. I felt that warmth in there. And... It got worse before it got better, but it got better. Yes. And it only took that night of rest or whatever it was, and I woke up and, like, nothing was wrong. So when I went back there, they didn't do needling anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they taught me a few exercises, and I still do those exercises to keep the muscles moving. Wow. I think, you know, mankind, we, we tend to worship comfort. And <laughs> we don't want suffering. But if we didn't have the suffering, we wouldn't go to Christ. We wouldn't see his deliverance. And therefore, you know, part of what we walk through is that people can see the works of God in our life. They can see that he's enough, that we also walk through suffering. But where do we go for help when we go through that, you know? Yeah, well, for, for me, if I were to suffer like this before, mm-hmm. there'd be no meaning in it, right? Just, mm-hmm. all, you know, it's, it's time to go. Check out. Uh, now I I have a higher power that 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 there's definite meaning with this that that yeah. I can with with him I can walk through this and it's not that <laughs> it's a it's a I call it a great training session because I have a lot to learn uh, I'm a finite being hanging out with an infinite dude mm. and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can there's no way you'll ever know everything right. right so of all the information that we know as humans we got tons of information tons of data mm. and if i say i know 10 percent of it I probably, i'm lying i'm being you know yeah yeah look at me i know 10 percent <laughs> of all the data <laughs> so i'm i'm 90 percent ignorant yeah. of everything here now you know mm-hmm. and with an infinite god whoa i'm pretty i'm, I'm way behind that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm way behind oh my so well, there's a lot of meaning in there for uh the, the things that i learn now with suffering is the you know the, the persistence and and how to maintain life centered on him instead of on myself yes, so we we have yes. a choice to, to to center on ourselves and you know 
Yeah. You see that a lot. But everybody's mm-hmm. centered on themselves and they demand all this stuff from everybody. Or you can be centered on Christ and you you, you be the servant. Mm. So that, it, for me, it helps if I get out and do rather than stay home and complain, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think about God's promises. You know, nothing is in vain for those who are in Christ. Everything He redeems. And His Word says in Romans 8 that all things will work together for the good of those who love Christ. So if you're listening today and you're saying, this suffering is pointless, how is this going to glorify God? You know, and why? And you want to understand why. I want to encourage you, I mean, the suffering I've gone through, the suffering you've heard Mike talk about, isn't something we would like say, hey, can I please suffer? You know, <laughs> But we understand that we live in a fallen world. And Christ also said to take heart. You will have troubles in this world. And that doesn't sound great, but I've overcome them all. And so that's who we have. We have one who has overcome, who chose suffering, chose beating for you and for me. And, you know, even though suffering isn't something, it's, it's so unpleasant, it's so hard, and it's just difficult for us to go through, we know that we have Christ. We have Christ that we can run to. We go to His Word. His Word is a refuge. You know, you can go on this. I tell people this a lot. Go on Google. What is it you're struggling with and you're suffering? Look up scriptures. That, that will meet your place of need. Yeah, the, the, the big time with me is that works great because if you say that you are suffering and you and you and you compare it to good times or whatever if you're comparing Mm. earthly things you're just going to get more miserable so when i when i do when i do that god often puts somebody in in my path that is a lot worse off than i am to remind me you know hey you might want to rethink your what you're talking about because perspective (laughs) that that could be you (laughs) but it's not just that it's the, the big thing is if i can get outside myself and focus That's on what it. Christ has done, mm-hmm. right? And the amount of suffering that he's went through for me. I was his enemy. Yeah. And he suffered like that for me. Yeah. Imagine that. Somebody suffered for you like that so they could be with you all eternity. You know, I, I know that doesn't take yeah. the pain away. But when we when we focus, I, I used to say when we focus on stuff like that mm-hmm. and not the pain that's coming the next moment, because right. if you're stuck on the pain, it's going to be worse. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. If I'm thinking about my pain, the next moment pain is going to be worse. But if I'm focused on him, the pain isn't always worse. It, it, it takes my mind off of it and focuses on what's more important. Right. What we focus on in those moments, that's what can change and transform Mm-hmm. our mind to honoring God in that place. So, Mike, you would have classified yourself as an atheist, and I heard you say that you were an atheist who encouraged others to be agnostic, <laughs> and I just wanted to hear, why is that? It was a... It, well, everybody knows that there's an argument for everything, right? right? So when you don't want to argue with somebody, what do you do? You, you give them yeah. the, the intellectually lazy answer, and hopefully they accept it, right? Mm-hmm agnostic. I just pretend there is a God or live like there is a God just in case you meet him, that type of deal. Yeah. You know, that way you, you can just keep doing what you're doing and, you know, <laughs> don't go too far. Don't get arrested or something like that. You know, so, and, and basically I was giving them my life story mm. uh, as far as I'm not one of those guys that went out and mass murdered. I, I haven't been to jail for this and that, so I can't be that bad, right? <laughs> and yeah. I said, if you just, you know, just 
pretend that there might be something there at the end. It's not going to wreck your life. I mean, <laughs> you know, so, and, and I, I remember talking with somebody after uh, my conversion, if you will, that they're, uh, they were Christian, a pastor, and husband's agnostic. And I said, well, that's incredibly intellectually lazy. Mm. She looks at me, she's like, what do you mean? So I told her, I said, that's just somebody who's too lazy to do the footwork and, and really doesn't want the answer, mm. right? So they're afraid that they're going to find an answer to change their life the way they're living it and they're way comfortable where they're at. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to ask you, is there anything on your heart, one last thing that you'd like to leave with those listening today? You know, some of them might be processing some of what we talked about, suffering or the need for salvation or doubt, skepticism. What's one final message you'd like to leave them with? I don't know what everybody is suffering for, um, you know, what kind of battles they're up against. But one of the biggest things for me is I made my suffering worse, right? Mm -hmm. And we tend to do that. So suffering drives you apart, puts you on an island. So if you are, if you feel distant or you feel like you're on an island, it's right where Satan wants you. Mm. He, you're ineffective. And your, your suffering is going to go on, it's going to continue, it's going to get worse. That would be my opinion anyway. Yes. It might not. But you need to get together with people, get together with somebody uh, and anybody who knows somebody that's suffering, this is the hard part, is you have to go. And they don't want your platitudes. They don't want scripture quoted or your your two cents on whatever their their life. If you would just do this, it wouldn't happen mm-hmm. down the line. So you can go religious on it or you, you can just go hang out with them on their island. Mm. Now, for you that, that aren't suffering, if you're going to go hang out with somebody suffering on an island, it's going to be incredibly uh painful for you too it's probably going to cause some tears Mm -hmm. but they need you there they they want you there they won't tell you that they want you there they won't ask for you to be there Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they need you to be there on the island with them not to say anything but just to be there the the presence of others there that they know you're caring my wife does a lot of times she doesn't know how to fix it but that coming up and giving a big hug or something and n- no words that's more than 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 somebody's platitudes would could ever do yes. and it, it, it's it's incredible um if some of the suffering is due to that self-inflicted suffering if you will i call it unforgiveness mm-hmm. and i had a lot of that 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 it basically it doubles or triples the suffering So I I didn't want to forgive the guy who did this to me. I wanted to get even. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, well, that doesn't help. So if if there's anybody in that life, Jesus actually says it. If if somebody has somebody against you, go and make it right. Mm. If you have something against somebody, go and make it right. It's always your turn mm-hmm. forgiveness is always your turn as a christian you cannot wait on your front porch stomping your foot this better be good yeah. <laughs> god didn't do that to you he sent jesus christ to the cross before you said it was okay to do that or, or mm. this better be good you know nobody <laughs> that didn't happen to you so he's saying hey you will be forgiven the same way that you know that mm. you forgive others so that's and that and that forgiveness that I wasn't really wanting to give really intensified my suffering. Mm. 
mm, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying that anybody else is on that plane, but if they are, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Yeah. You have the key, man. You have the key. Use that key, and and no matter how painful you think it might be, I, I didn't have to have any type of restoration of, of, of relationship or anything. But I sometimes Christianity does this. This guy's I don't even know him. So I forgive him. That's the most selfish thing I can do as a Christian, right? Forgive mm-hmm. somebody, but I don't have to. I don't have to go restore our relationship. I never had one, so I don't know, you know, where you are, with who hurt you, or if that's part of your suffering. But forgiveness is an answer to it. I guarantee it. That's so good, and I think that really kind of puts everything together here. You see, we understand we were forgiven. That's how you were saved. You were forgiven. Correct. Therefore, we give forgiveness. And really, if we understand things. From a spiritual perspective, we understand it's a spiritual battle, not a battle in the flesh. We will have to battle our flesh, but when people, when we're not wanting to forgive them, a lot of the times it's a spiritual matter. It's the enemy at work. And let's face it, when we come to know Christ, we have a target on our back. We may have expectations of a rosy, perfect life now. We're Jesus' kid now. And (laughs) the fact is the enemy, he hates us. He wants to destroy us. And so this is where suffering and hardship comes from. Yeah, and that's amazing because when I wasn't a Christian, it was way easier to fight the enemy that was God, you know, because <laughs> yeah. God's a nice guy. And I don't care, you know, so a lot of people will say, no, he's not, he's this, you know, you can go on a long diatribe of what you think God is. But I'm telling you from the other side, it yeah. was a lot easier than on this side, you know, as a Christian, I, there's a lot more to fight. It's a lot bigger. I mean, I do more thinking now than I've ever done. And I do a lot more battles than than I never would have. I never thought I'd have to do battles like I do now. And and, and, in order to successfully make these battles, uh, what do you want to call it, to come out on top or even have an even playing field, I have to be in, in... in relation with others. So I yes. need to be in community. Mm-hmm. I can't do it on my own, right? And right. I've tried it before and it, it doesn't work. It, if I'm not in community, I just start, I slide down this mm-hmm. uh, spiral of mm-hmm. uh, self-pity or something like that. Never getting it right, never being good enough. And you don't really get the test. You don't get the transformation because you. I can read something about forgiveness. Yeah. And if I'm not in community, I don't experience it. Right. Yeah. Knowledge puffs up, unless it's applied. <laughs> yes. Wisdom is knowledge applied, right? Yes, it is. Well, it, many mistakes made to make that wisdom come about, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Always getting back up. Oh, yeah. Here, too. It has been a joy to hear about how Christ saved you. And for those listening, wherever you are at in your faith, there is hope today. God is able to change our hearts and reveal truth that we might know Him. We just need to ask Years ago, I was at that place. I was a culture Christian and then admitted my unbelief. God met me at that place. If you are uncertain about your salvation, please reach out to us or to a pastor. Find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church in your area. We would love to hear your testimonies. Leave a comment about how God turned your skepticism into faith. The raw truth is that the truth sets us free, not any philosophy of this world. The radical grace is when we were enemies, God drew near to us and came as a man so we could know him. And the real hope is, though we are finite, our infinite God can open the eyes of our hearts so we can understand. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. 